I cannot tell you how sick of and disgusted by this new incoming Republican congressman, George Santos, I am. Um, This is the guy who earlier in the week, I told you that the openly gay Jewish Republican who had been elected lied about his employment history. And he lied about his educational history. And he lied that four of his employees were victims in the Pulse nightclub shooting and that it was lie after lie after lie. And then after that, we learned, okay, well, he lied about all of those things, but he is Jewish, right? It appears that he lied about being Jewish as well. Okay, I said, at least he really is gay. And I said it jokingly because of course he is. And it has now been revealed that three years ago he was married to a woman. Now, you could be gay and have been married to a woman. We know of situations that due to stigma or family shame or for whatever reason that a member of the LGBT community might live in a way that is different than their true feelings. And maybe that's the case with this guy. But he hid the fact that he had been married to a woman and divorced her as recently as just a couple of years ago, and he lied about everything else. So what are we to believe? And it is just stunning. Openly gay congressman elect George Santos didn't disclose divorce with woman, writes Roger Sullenberger for The Daily Beast. Santos ran his campaign as an openly gay Republican. Since he was elected, a number of key biographical details have started to crumble. Here is the latest one. And it is yet another one of these cases where we find out that the truth appears to be very different from the story that he told. As the article reads, and in the, this is accurate, Santos, who claims he has, quote, never experienced discrimination in the Republican Party, broke barriers when he became the first openly gay non-incumbent Republican candidate elected to Congress. But according to court records obtained by the Daily Beast, Santos appeared to be the subject of a previously unacknowledged September 2019 divorce, almost September, almost 2020, rather, with a woman in Queens County, New York. The divorce, which Santos has not discussed publicly, adds new uncertainty to his already shaky biographical and political claims. I am openly gay, have never had an issue with my sexual identity in the past decade, and I can tell you and assure you I will always be an advocate for LGBTQ folks. Now, maybe he's bisexual. He didn't say that. Um, maybe there's some other explanation. But when you've lied about everything, it starts to become very, very difficult to believe that. We also have additional new information about the stories related to his supposed Jewish ancestry. CNN reporting incoming congressman's claim his grandparents fled the Holocaust contradicted by genealogy records. And as I said earlier this week, it's not stolen valor. We apply that to the military, but it is taking it is appropriating a story that includes trauma and oppression and discrimination that your family did not suffer and making it your own. And it's disgusting. Um, Stecken Kaczynski write for CNN claims by George Santos that his grandparents, quote, survived the Holocaust as Ukrainian Jewish refugees from Belgium who changed their surname to survive are contradicted by sources reviewed by CNN's K file, including family trees compiled by genealogy websites, records on Jewish refugees, and interviews with multiple genealogists. Santos, who has called himself half Jewish and a Latino Jew, folks, I'm actually a Latino Jew, okay, has claimed his maternal grandfather was originally from Ukraine and fled to Brazil to escape Nazism. Sounds like my family history to Argentina, except fake. In another telling, the New York Republican said his grandparents converted to Catholicism during the rise of Nazism in Belgium after fleeing Stalin. In another telling, he claimed his family changed their name to survive Nazism. Anyway, no proof of those claims. It all appears to be completely and totally made up. So there's a lot of important things here. I don't want to discount the possibility that for whatever reason, it happens that gay people marry, they get in a heterosexual marriage, and there's all sorts of different reasons. And if that's what happened, but he lied about everything else, well, then we can still talk about all those other things. But this guy 
it's hard to find a more dishonest person than George Santos based on what we've seen and learned so far. And so I believe everything has to be under the microscope. Now, does it matter? He was voted by the people to become a congressman and he is congressman elect. As I said earlier this week, in any normal job, not a job where you're elected, you would be fired for misstating so much about your history. Now, you wouldn't declare your sexual orientation as part of a normal job interview. So that's kind of off the table. I don't know that an empl- if you tell your employer you're Jewish and you're not, I don't know about that having consequences, but your resume, where you worked, where you got your your degree. These are things where if it turned out you falsified it, you would be fired essentially in just about every job. And so what happens next? What happens next with this guy? Probably nothing, quite frankly, but a disgusting turn of events. And what started with he may have uh, misstated or exaggerated his work history and his role as what was it like an asset manager or something? It seems his entire background is completely and totally fake. I'm going to now take another step back. It does seem this guy is uh, from the species Homo sapiens. That appears to be true. He claims to be human. He presents as human. I believe he is actually human. Maybe that's the next thing that will be proven wrong. Donald Trump is demanding reinstatement and suggesting the government be overthrown. This is what happens when you try to lead an insurrection. It fails and you suffer no real consequences. What do you expect to see happen? Newsweek reports Donald Trump demands reinstatement, suggests overthrowing government. This all uh, happened, of course, on Donald Trump's uh, platform, Truth Social, which I know you're familiar with. I won't even bother playing the clip. In the midst of a crucial week for the former president over his role in January 6th Capitol attack and his tax returns, Trump doubled down on his big lie, the debunked conspiracy that the 2020 presidential election was stolen. Trump posting to Truth Social, quote, the FBI and Twitter colluded to elect Joe Biden. Now, that's a lie. Jesse Waters, uh, quoting Jesse Waters. In other words, the 2020 presidential election was rigged. It was not. And stolen. It was not. Trump says it all began a long time ago. They spied on my campaign. They did not. I will remind you, the claim about spying on my campaign is the following. During the 2016 presidential campaign, Trump and people around him were in touch with so many targets of law enforcement investigations who were under surveillance that when the Trump people would get on the phone with the targets of law enforcement, they would be surveilled incidentally because they were in touch with so many suspicious people. Trump's campaign was not being spied on. Trump's campaign was so sketchy and it was in touch with so many uh, 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 believed to be criminals that they were in, uh, incidentally surveilled. OK, let's go back to the troth here. Uh, spied on my campaign. Not true. And tried to rig the 2016 election, but failed. That is a lie. Remember, our government is doing this, not a person or party. What should be done about such a terrible thing? Or should we let someone who was elected by cheating and fraud stay in office and continue to destroy our country? Understand what he's saying there. He's saying based on his misunderstanding and lies about what happened, Joe Biden shouldn't be allowed to stay in office. Now, there is no constitutional or legal basis for that. So all that is left is exactly the type of violent government overthrow and coup that Donald Trump attempted to pull off in 2020, but thankfully failed. And one of the things that I hope we have learned at this point is that the the argument over he's deluded or he believes it, he's joking or he's positioning and it's a grift and it's financial or whatever. It doesn't matter in the end what we believe about the individual that is making the claims. What matters is what do their followers ultimately believe? And what we learned in January of 2021 is that the followers believed it enough that hundreds of them, nearly a thousand, maybe the real number is over a thousand and we, don't, we just don't have the full number yet, 700 or so uh, 
committed specific crimes for they allegedly committed specific crimes for which they are being charged and many have already been adjudicated and thousands and thousands more were willing to uh, add their add themselves to a mob uh, that was filled with hundreds of specific lawbreakers. So whether Trump believed it or he didn't or he wanted to instigate or he wanted to use it as a tool to raise money, it really doesn't matter. It's sort of like yesterday we talked about, oh, Sean Hannity under oath said he didn't believe any of Trump's claims. Fine. He didn't believe him. So it's actually almost worse. Knowingly, he repeated incorrect statements that fed the machine that ultimately led to the January 6 riots. And I go back to what I said at the beginning. If you're never held accountable, if you don't suffer any consequences, why on earth would you change your behavior? So Trump is back talking again about the removal of Biden, the overthrow of the government and the reinstatement of himself. Now, it's not going to happen. The way he could get himself reinstated is by winning in November of 2024. And let's hope that does not happen. But unless there are real consequences for these people, and maybe we will soon know whether there will be for Trump, why would they ever stop doing the same stuff over and over again? They wouldn't. And so we're uh, fomenting this very thing happening again via that lack of consequences. Scary and disgusting stuff. Good habits have to be sustainable in order to become habits. It has to be something you'll actually do. And when it comes to nutrition, some people have hours to plan out every meal, their exact vitamin intake. I'm not doing any of that. I don't have the time. Here's what's sustainable for me. I start my day with just a single scoop of AG one from Athletic Greens. It gives me the entire day's worth of the 75 high quality vitamins, minerals and probiotics I want from whole food sources. It's just simple. It's just one scoop of AG one. I get all the nutrients I want. I don't have to do any math, use my protractor, my TI 83 or take a bunch of different capsules and pills. It's not some kind of wacky supplement making a bunch of crazy claims. You know, I would not promote something like that. AG one is just a simple product. It does what it says it does. It gives you the daily nutrients and vitamins you likely want. Vitamin A, C, E, magnesium, zinc, potassium in one simple scoop. You keep your body nourished. You'll also get a free year supply of vitamin D, which I take in the winter, plus five free travel packs at athleticgreens.com slash Pacman. That's athleticgreens.com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Let's face it, the holiday season can be a stressful time for anyone, even a stressor on relationships, in-laws dividing time, mismatched expectations around gifts. Our sponsor, Paired, is the app that makes it easy to maintain a feeling of connection with your partner during this crazy time of year. You and your partner download the app, you pair together, and every day Paired gives the two of you questions or quizzes, games to have fun, stay emotionally connected, deepen your conversations. And all of the exercises were developed by academic psychologists and expert relationship therapists as well. My girlfriend and I have been using Paired quite a bit lately. It's fun, especially with the baby these days. It's more important than ever for us to find quality time. And Paired is really the perfect way to spark that with funny moments, meaningful conversations. And we can use Paired on the go. Don't let end of year stressors get in the way of you and your partner enjoying some connecting. Paired makes it simple. And giving your significant other a Paired subscription is a great last minute holiday gift. Head over to paired.com slash Pacman for a seven day free trial and 25% off a subscription. The link is down below. The David Pacman Show is an audience supported program. We have the membership program. You can sign up at joinpacman.com. We do an extra show every day for our members called The Bonus Show. We also provide a commercial free audio and video stream of the show every single day to our members. You can get the show hours before everybody else. When you sign up at joinpacman.com and with no commercials, very, very exciting. We also invite our members to members only town halls where you can talk to me, but only you. Sign up at joinpacman.com. You can use the coupon code 24startsnow. If you would like, if you would like, let's hear from some people in the audience. We take calls via Discord at davidpacman.com slash discord. Um, 
make sure that you uh, set your nickname in the waiting lobby to your name and where you're calling from. Those are the rules. Nicknames, etc., are not welcome. Let's go first to Tyrone from Ohio. Tyrone, welcome. What's on your mind today? Tyrone, welcome. What is on your mind today, my friend? You got to set your audio device to the appropriate one. And Tyrone, last chance. What is going on, my friend? What's on your mind today? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, now I can hear you, Tyrone. What's going on? Okay, so like things in Ohio, they're getting real bad in here. And I'm wondering, like, if if DeSantis wins, what do you think is next? What is the game plan? If DeSantis becomes president of the United States, you're saying? Yes. Well, that was we're skipping ahead. I mean, first, he's got to become the nominee. I, you know, mm-hmm. your question depends on what exactly is happening in January of 2025 when a hypothetical DeSantis presidency would start. Like, like, what's on your mind? What specifically is getting bad in Ohio that you're worried about? Oh, well, I mean, just the name itself. It's already kind of bad. But, um, you know, just like a, it seems like dystopian future would be most ideal if uh, DeSantis became president. I'm just wondering, like, what's the direction of the country if he doesn't? Well, it's going to continue in this uh, sort of like modern. I think what we're calling it is reactionary populist uh, direction, and it's not going to be about policy. Mm. It's not going to be about helping people. It's not going to be about improving the country. It's going to be about culture war issues and reactionary populism and some authoritarianism sprinkled in. And unfortunately, DeSantis is arguably more dangerous than Trump because he's less incompetent. But let's you know. Let's first deal with the primaries, I would say, just to not get ahead of ourselves. And we've got local elections coming up in 2023. So there's still a lot of work to do before we get to that. Let's let Republicans have their primary first. Then we'll worry about DeSantis. Tyrone. All right, Tyrone, thank you very much for the call. An important question. Let's go. Oh, I don't know. Let's go to our friend Eduardo from Brazil. Hey, David. Hey, how are you? Um, I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, Mezeltov from Argentina, by the way. Thank you. Very, very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Uh, so I have uh, one question for you. Sure. Uh, we're about to go to transfer power here in Brazil to the president on the first. Yes. Uh, to Lula and. Um, but something has always been bothering me, like uh, before, you know, the, the sort of denying of election results has always been kind of a, a third world country kind of fair, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and then Trump kind of pulled that into his playbook uh, for you with a big lie and everything. Um, so I guess my question to you is, uh, did Trump kind of legitimize that for like develop like like for, like first world countries? Or is it just becoming kind of this Ouroboros where they just kind of like creating their own playbook according to, you know, sort of what usually happened in sort of underdeveloped countries? No, I think Trump absolutely legitimized questioning the election results, whereas you're right. I mean, you know, to, to say that it was the, the sort of bailiwick of third world countries, maybe it's sort of like to more accurate to say or maybe more precise that questioning election results really just makes your country look bad more than anything else. But Trump figured out a way to do it where at least among his followers, because he kind of couched it as well, it was Democrats running elections. And when it was Republicans running elections, it was the Democrats doing the voter fraud and and or it was Democratic judges. But when it was Trump appointed judges, then it was like the county commissioner. You know what? It was just like a special pleading, no matter what. He figured out a way to do it where his followers can say with a straight face, we believe it was rigged without realizing what that would suggest about the United States. And I do think that it's yeah. being copied in other countries, as you're pointed at pointing out. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of concerning because, you know, um, the fact that it's I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's kind of successful in, in some way, shape or form. Yeah. By you saying that, like a lot of people, you know, due to the cult of personality or like 
the man can do no wrong. So yep. if he says something, it's gospel, you know. Now, in Brazil, and, uh, are the Bolsonaro supporters saying it was stolen from him? He really won? Well, technically, he conceded, but his followers haven't. Like, I mean, I, I've, I've been in Brazil for about two weeks now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's, there's a very sort of uneasy feeling uh, for January 1st because there are still picket lines. They're, they still come out, you know, with, with the shirt. Like, uh, it's, it's almost confusing because every time you see, like, a, a car with the Brazilian flag sticking out, you – that automatically goes that that's a like a Bolsonaro follower. Yeah. But it's confusing with the World Cup because you don't know if it's a World Cup kind of like flag. But oh, once Brazil right. left, uh, the World Cup. Yeah. So the the there is a little feeling of unease here, uh, see, seeing what happens, because a lot of people haven't accepted it, even though he has conceded. Understand. Understand. Yeah. I mean, listen, I I don't know about in other countries. But I think in the U.S., yeah. Republicans saying if they lost that it was rigged is going to be with us for at least another election cycle. No, it's the new normal, which is is worrisome for yeah. me because uh, it, it's it's become kind of part of the playbook. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to run it by it because it's like the the le- legitimization of of um, you know denying an election result. And unfortunately, kind of fairly successfully done by Trump um, is is scary because it just kind of like, again, crosses that Rubicon that I don't think it, it will be hard to come back from. It's extremely scary. You're absolutely right. Eduardo, thank you for the call. Thank you, David. Take care. All right. There goes Eduardo from Brazil. Let's go next to Brian from Ireland. Brian, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Hey, David. How are you? you? Okay. Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well too. Thanks very much. Um, just a couple of small questions today. Um, when Trump uh, teased that announcement, and you know, it turned out to just be those trading cards. I, I don't know. I was, I was a bit. You know, it, it, the whole thing has been ridiculous for the last number of years. But yes, I, I didn't think it would go to this stage. So that was a new um, low in your mind. The, the digital trading cards. I, I just, oh, I, I don't know. In in any of my wildest dreams, I didn't think that's what the announcement was going to be. Really. I didn't either, um, yeah. But uh, just one, like, what do you think here? What, what do you think could be the next um, bottom of the barrel that we find? Like, what could be the next, just, you know, just wildest possible imagination thing um, in the world of Trump? What, what Honestly, do I don't know. Is it, is it Trump, Trump, Trump uh, is it Trump doing uh, some kind of celebrity boxing match? I, I, I honestly, I have no clue. I have no idea because every time there's a new low and we say it can't possibly get any worse than this, then there's another new low. Is it Trump doing infomercials for some kind of uh, rotisserie cooking device like Ron Popeil's, you, you know, uh, whatever it was called? I, I genuinely don't know, Brian. You could tell me anything and I would say it's possible that that will be the next thing. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's increasingly funny to imagine, you know, if it got into a, a coma back in, I don't know, 2014 or whatever, if someone was waking up now, just where do I start explaining? It would um, be completely unbelievable. No, you're absolutely right. And and part of that, I think, is there's an important lesson in there, which is even all of us in 2017, in January 2017, when Trump was inaugurated, I think if we had been told, here's what it will be like in 2022, most of us would not have believed it. Yeah, 100 percent. And now it is what it is. You know, in Ireland, are people just making fun of Trump? Like, is he a laughing stock? Um, I certainly he was for a long time. I think, you know, since, since, um, he left office and I guess left Twitter, et cetera, he's been talked about a bit less, but, uh, you know, I, I follow us colleagues closer than most people. So I'm still interested, but yeah, I think like most of my family wouldn't know much these days, but what he's up to. Interesting. It's probably for the best, to be honest. Probably. Um, just one other quick thing, um, on a, on the world cup briefly, while we can still talk about that, I suppose going out of date quickly, but, uh, what um, did you make of the Argentina goalkeepers kind of mind games in the penalty shootout? Do you think that was a effective strategy? Do you think that came into play or is it being? When you say mind some? games, what specifically are you referring to? Well, there was, uh, I can't remember which of the French um, takers it was, whether it was their, the first one that missed or not, but um, 
the the goalkeeper Martinez had the ball in his hand and it looked like he was going to give it to the French guy, but then actually threw it away and made him walk after it. You know, things like that. Oh, I didn't notice that. Um, That's interesting. I mean, listen, it was pretty funny. My my view on all this stuff, it's sort of like this controversy about chess grandmaster and friend of the show Hikaru Nakamura stalling in order to take advantage of a rule related to how the match clock relates to the game clock. It's sort of like if it's not against the rules, you figure out what to do to win. And I don't know if throwing the ball, I I just, I don't have much of a feeling on it one way or the other, you know? Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not, certainly not accusing them of breaking rules or anything. I just thought it was yeah. interesting uh, that he was getting into the French player's head and it seemed to work to a degree, so... Hey, yeah. listen, real quick. A friend of mine, when he was in Ireland, went on a potato walking food tour where it sounds like a joke, but oh, God, he would does. stop at they would stop at different places with a local guide, each place preparing potatoes in dramatically different ways. Is is that a complete tourist trap or is that actually something like locally interesting culinarily in, in Ireland? Well, I haven't heard of that specific attraction, but to be honest, to be perfectly honest with you, even though it is a stereotype, I I would still uh, go on that tour. That does sound. I love potatoes. I mean, it sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I have to say. If you're at, if you're at a wedding here in Ireland, I'll finish up with this. But if you're a guest at a wedding, um, and it's kind of food being served family style, you know, all dishes, etc. Yeah, there'll be there'll be three different types of potato at least. You know, there, there'll be mashed, there'll be um, dauphinoise, whatever. You know, there, there's going to be a few different options. Dauphinoise, there. I like that. That's it. All right. Well, I got to get over there and try some of these potatoes. I have to tell you. Please do. Yeah, All right. Good to talk to you, David. All right, Brian from Ireland. Thank you so much for the call. Very much appreciate it. Let's go to Jill from Burbank, California. Jill, welcome to the program. What is on your mind today? Hey, David. How you doing? I'm doing well. Okay. Uh, well, big fan and uh, just have many questions. I have written them down, but I'm just going to do two of them. Um, I don't know. Uh, whenever we watch one of those Trump, Trump rallies, at the end, he says, this country doesn't belong to them. This country belongs to you. Yes. Isn't that a fascist? Like, the, that's the biggest dagger in, like, America's throat saying this country basically belongs to you guys only what america is is all about uh you know everybody else and we love our our neighbors like well if you if you question them about it they would say what trump means is this is the country of the people not not literally just the people at the trump rally it's just the country of the people is what they say is meant by it well, to me, how it sounds, it's those people and not the other people. Totally fair. Are, I'm just telling you, like, if you confronted them with it, this is what they would say. I, uh, I mean, they they say a lot of a lot of things that like that are hypo, uh, uh, basically that made them uh, hypocrites. Yes, like the one I saw from yesterday, the lady was driving a uh, SUV with an. Uh, hashtag FJB in the back. Yep. But she had like all the Christmas stuff around it. Christmas stands for like love, you know, and everything like from, uh, you know, sharing and caring and all like that's what Christmas is. And she, had, I mean, how can you be an evangelical or a true Christian and also put in, you know, FJB in, in the back of the card? That really blew my mind. I'm with you. The hypocrisy is is quite stunning, but it is prevalent and it is uh, it's like its own virus in the United States. Right. Uh, can I can I do one more question? Uh, this, this, this is going to be actually a question. All right. Those were just statements. <laughs> it's better when people just get right to questions going forward, but I'll, I'll, I'll allow it's got to be real quick, though. I got a lot of people holding. OK, uh, so if you remember, Trump said oranges of the investigation and he said it like many many times yes. and then he explained it as origin like uh, the, the beginnings, beginning of yes. beginnings so that was from many 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 uh examples the other one was during the rally he said oh mark zuckerberg last week came to the white house and he was out of you know office yeah it was like years. years after he left the oval office yeah right so uh, is he done in your in your uh, in your head? Is is he done done uh, from uh, 
mental standpoint? Listen, I don't know. I don't know, because on the one hand, Trump does remember things and can sometimes be coherent, but he just like glitches so much. And I, 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 I really don't know what's going on with Trump cognitively. I'm not sure. I'm not really in a position to say it's very strange. And that's what our position has been. It's bizarre. And is he just loses his train of thought and that type of thing. But ultimately, I don't know what's going on. Question probably more for a neurologist. Right. Okay. Maybe we should have a uh, neurologist on on your show to go over. Jill, I will look into it. I appreciate the call. Thank you. All right. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Let's uh, a lot going on there. A lot, lot, lot going on there. Let's go. uh, Actually, you know what? Let's let's take a very quick break. If you're holding, don't hang up because we're going back to the phones, but we're going to take a very brief break. Reset. Let emotions simmer. And then we'll hear from some more people in a moment. Plastic is everywhere we look and not enough is being done about it. One hundred billion plastic bags are used and thrown away every year. But you can help make a change. Our sponsor, Hold On, makes trash and kitchen bags that are heavy duty, plant based, non-toxic and 100 percent home compostable, which means they break down in weeks rather than decades. They don't fill up our landfills. They don't pollute our oceans. Their zip seal kitchen bags come in sandwich or gallon bag sizes to fit your needs. And the best part about hold on bags is they work. I use them at home. They're just as good as all of the name brand bags. You fill them up, they stretch and they don't break. Everybody uses trash bags and freezer bags. If you care about the planet, you can do something by using hold on bags instead. And it's a really easy way to do your part. Go shop plant based bags to replace single use plastics all over your home. You'll save 20 percent when you go to holdonbags.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Let's go back to the phones and by phones, I mean, discord. We're using digital phones at this point. David slash discord is the place to go. Let's go to Ty from Connecticut. Ty, what is going on? Uh, hey, David, um, I just wanted to kind of give my uh, <laughs> two cents on like, I think it was a reupload you did um, uh, about Obama. Like comments that he had about like the too far left and the woke left and this and that and I just I really I really struggled with that one <laughs> because in my opinion I think uh, Obama is probably more um, responsible. Are you still here? I'm still here. Yeah, it's probably more responsible for I think. I think the disillusionment of a lot of activists and maybe the rise of wokeism, uh, then, um, I mean, any other phenomenon I can think of, certainly that was how I was affected being disappointed by, um, the lack of, um, progressive, uh, uh, ideals and policy. I mean, his whole cabinet was written in by Citigroup. You know, he bailed out banks and not the homeowners. He continued torture. He, I think, I, th- I think more than anything, um, any single policy issue that really drives me insane is that I think that he is somewhat responsible for the rise of Trump. Um, I think that he. Here's the, um, here's why not... I struggle with, let's just pick one thing. Cause you're mentioning, you're mentioning sure. a lot and I'm, I don't know if a question is coming. So let me just comment on one aspect of that. It's not really, it's not really a question. It's, it's just, not. It's just me, me being displeased. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, video. I mean, here's the thing. The entire like Obama led to Trump sort of thing. The reason I yeah. find that to be really tough is one perspective is Obama led to Trump by not being as progressive as he pretended he was going to be, which disillusioned people, which caused some people to say, I'm not going out to vote for Hillary. So let it be Trump if that's the alternative. Okay, so like that's one perspective. The other perspective is Obama, by being half black, allowed Trump to coalesce nativist xenophobes, starting with the birth certificate thing, moving into the Mexican rapist thing. And so like. 
That's a different way in which you could say Obama led to Trump, but it's just Obama's identity. It's nothing he can control. So I don't know. I think there's a mix of stuff that went on. Can I just add one little quick thing to that very last point? Because I wanted to touch on that myself. Sure. Is that I find him responsible for a lot of that because in in the face of that that virulent, gross racism that was festering and targeted at him. I mean, the reason why Donald Trump even became a popular political figure in this modern era is because he was on Fox News every other month talking about how Obama was wasn't a you know American because he was black. Yep. And and Obama, and here's my frustration with kind of like where you're going with what Obama's saying is that was the moment we needed the wokeism. That was the moment that we needed him to call that a spade for a spade and not play around with it and joke with it like it was something funny and to bring attention to it and to have the political, historical uh, foresight and uh, retrospective to understand what it is that you're placating instead of having beer summits with police who murder innocent black people. Yeah, I don't I don't I I think I get what you're going. I I don't know that my view on it is so black and white. I think you can have the beer summit to send one signal and then you can take seriously the birth certificate thing and then you can joke about it at the White House correspondence dinner. I don't know to say those are the reason that that I I struggle with that. But let me give it some more thought. I'm glad you've had your opportunity to uh, to to make your point and I hope to hear from you again. Okay, thank you. Take care. And just as a reminder, Please get right to your question, because we do have a lot of people that want to get on. And I think uh, as a general thing, people will be um, appreciative of that. Uh, And that's an important thing. Let's go to Steve from the San Francisco Bay Area. Steve, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dave. Cool to talk to you again. Thank you. Um, I I agree with Jill about the uh, FJB stickers on the Christian cars. Like, I'm a Christian. You know that. And. That's just not cool. Anyways, on to my question. Yep. Um, so I was talking to a coworker the other day about like how much money would it take for you to just quit your job, retire, and just pursue whatever you wanted to pursue and okay. not have to like work for money. Um, like my my number would be like five to ten million, I guess. To, to, um, but that's arbitrary to, for each person. What would uh, you don't have to share what your number would be, but what would you do if like money wasn't a factor for you? Would you continue doing this show? Would you do something else? Yeah, I'm doing it now. I mean, that's the amazing thing. I'm doing what I want to be doing. And it's great that it's worked out to be, you know, a business that functions, but I'm I'm doing the thing I want to be doing. That's great. Yeah. Um, it's not just money. That, that's pretty sweet. I mean, I guess maybe um, I'd consider going and like selling athletic shoes or something like that, but I kind of like what I'm doing. Cool. What do you do in your free time for hobby hobbies and like just personal growth? This is quite a call. I I read, I travel, I go to the gym, I bike and run, you know, I hang out with my baby daughter, which takes up a lot of time, a lot, a lot of time. If you want to, if you want to figure out, uh, you know, how to really optimize your time, have a, have a baby around. Um, what else? What are my other hobbies? I don't know. Making prank phone calls to other political shows. Oh, damn. I'm not supposed to say that. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's all it's all pretty basic. Cool. Yeah, I just wanted to ask an atypical question more about your personal uh, opinions on some non-political things. So that's all. But that, that, thanks for taking my call. What show are you watching right now? I'm not watching anything. I'm just waiting in the lobby, getting ready to go to work. No, I don't mean literally right now. I'm just saying, is, is there a TV show right now that you're watching? Oh, you know? oh I'm sorry. Uh, man, a show. I'm, I mean, I've, uh, there's a lot out there. I'm, I really was in the rings of power while that was on, and I binged the crap out of that. Hmm. Haven't heard of that. All right. All right. Well, thank it's you the, for the call. The I appreciate it. Oh, thanks, man. All right. There we go. I'll have to check. I'll have to check out that show. It sounds sounds compelling to some degree. Uh, All right. Let's go to Jorge from South Florida. I will soon be in South Florida and it's going to be pretty explosive, I think, Jorge. Hey, David. How's it going? It's going well. Wonderful. So I'm going to make it really quick because I know you want to do questions. I got two questions, please. One is a ideological question that I want to ask, see if you can tackle it better than I could. A lot of people here in South Florida talk about the whole difference between nationalism and patriotism. Yep. 
And I've come to the conclusion that it's very similar, but it's very different at the same time. What's okay. your take on that? Uh, I don't know What's that I, f- sorry, did I cut you off there? No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I asked afterwards. Sorry. I'm not totally sure I understand the question. So I think that I was raised in Spain. You think that you were raised in Spain or you were raised in Spain? Sorry, uh, I was raised in Spain. Okay. I think in my idea that the difference would be nationalism being something that the government tells you you got to love the country opposed to patriotism being you love the country because you love where you live. Does that make sense? Yeah, we we did like a patriotism versus nationalism thing. Um, You know, here's the thing there. I have two thoughts on this. One thought is this is a meaningful distinction. And there's something about patriotism is not condescending or discriminatory or oppressive, whereas nationalism can be right. That's like one view, I guess. The other view would be we're really just kind of arguing about semantics and both and and patriotism can be just as toxic as nationalism, depending on what you mean by it. I don't know. I'm not really sure, to be totally honest. I do think I do think, for example, in Argentina, one of the things a lot of Argentinians will mention to me when they come to the U.S. is there's just so many American flags out like all the time. And it's weird for two reasons. It's weird on the one hand because it does feel more nationalistic than patriotic, but also it also loses meaning when the flags are out all the time. We're like in Argentina, people don't just tend to display flags all the time, but like there's a flag day and people display flags that day. It seems more meaningful because it's a specific day. But also in Argentina, the people displaying the flags aren't more likely to be the nationalist types like in the U.S. So so I do think there's definitely a difference in the U.S. when it comes to flags, nationalism and patriotism. I just don't know that I would focus on the difference between nationalism and patriotism. That makes sense. Thank you. Um, That makes sense. My other question would be. As an Argentinian, I got a bet with my wife on this one. Do you eat asados or no? Yes, I do. Of course. I, yeah. Oh, okay. I I just had a feeling that you were more uh, by what you publicize, more like plant based diet. So I thought maybe you weren't into asados. Okay. I don't you. eat a lot oh. of red meat, but when I go to Argentina, you know, and and of course, yes, absolutely. Course. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you, David. Our, did you win the bet or lose it? I lost it. You lost the bet. All right. Well, I apologize. All right. Jorge from (laughs) South Florida. Very, very good. Lost the bet and we can all uh, sort of explore, (laughs) explore that further. Let's go to it's either Ali or Ali from Finland. Welcome to the program. Ali, Ali. So, so uh, who do you want to win in 2024? And who do you think will win in 2024? You're talking about the presidential race? Yes, it depends who runs. I don't know who's I don't know who's who the candidates are going to be yet. Well, who do you, who do you want to be the president? Well, I th- there's people I think would be good presidents that I don't even know if they're thinking of running. Uh, I think Jamie Raskin would be a great president. And I've mentioned to that to him when I had him on the show. Uh, I think Pete Buttigieg would be a great president. Um John Ossoff probably lacks the experience so far, but uh, John Ossoff is interesting. Stacey Abrams is brilliant and, you know, I think would be a very interesting president. Um, But, you know, a lot of this stuff is pie in the sky. It's like, would George Clooney make a good mayor of L.A.? I mean, maybe, but I don't know that he has any interest in in running. I I, it's hard because I, I I'm maybe too pragmatic where let's let's see who runs, you know, get honestly. I think Gavin Newsom would be a good president. He's not the most progressive, but he's striking the right tone when it comes to dealing with Republicans. I think there's lots of interesting people. I just don't know if any of them are going to run. Right. Okay. so the second question, uh, what do you think are the greatest priority goals for the country and how would you prioritize uh, achieving those? Well, I mean that we need I need 10 hours, really. But zooming out. I think the most important issues for the country to deal with that will trickle down and affect other issues include campaign, campaign finance and how politics is financed, 
how elections are run, where I would like to get off of the electoral college system and I would like to get off of first past the post. And we've talked about, do you do that via uh, the national popular vote interstate compact? I mean, each of these topics is hours of discussion. I think dealing with climate change, because if you're in a climate crisis, you can't be an activist for any issue. Um, And then probably number four, getting health care to everyone, because if you're sick and can't get care, you're also limited in your ability to be an activist, to work, to earn a living, et cetera. So I I would say those are the four top issues. Right. So so do you think like it's better to campaign for the president or Congress or overall or or what's the best way you're saying as a candidate or as a voter? As a voter, yes. Oh, I think you can do all of the above. I mean, listen, you can phone bank for multiple candidates. You can donate to multiple candidates. I think that it's it's not about more or less important. It's your your congressperson and your senator deal with different things than your mayor and city councilor and the president. So I, I mean, in an ideal world, people would be involved in all of them. And not all of those elections are at the same time either. Right. Okay. That was all my questions. All right. Uh, Ali from Finland. How is Finland these days? Uh, snowy. 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 Wow. Okay. Are you, do, do you live in, where do you live? Helsinki? Uh, no, Tampere. Oh, well, I used to live in Helsinki. But what's that like? Is it a large Tampere. city, town? Uh, it's the third largest, I think, based oh. on population. What's the population? Yeah. Uh, you're putting me on the spot, I think. 300,000. Oh, okay. Very interesting. And is it a place where, what, what, when does the sun set at this time of year? Oh, it's like four o'clock. Oh, all right. Well, that's not yeah. that crazy. It goes up at like 10 and goes down at like four, so six hours maybe. Oh, the sun doesn't come up until 10? Yeah. Oh, is that, is that rough? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Interesting. Wow. 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 Yeah. I don't know that I would deal well with that. Well, listen, I really appreciate the call. It's been great hearing from you. Yeah, you too. All right. There we go. Um, Folks, we heard from all over the world. We went to Ireland. We went to Finland. We went. Where else did we go? We went everywhere. Um, That's it for calls today. I will take calls again and hope to speak to you soon. We'll take a quick break and be right back. I love reading. I read every day, no matter how I arrange my schedule. I never have enough time to read all the books that I want, which is why Blinkist has been such an important part of my life for years now. Our sponsor Blinkist is the app that takes thousands of nonfiction books, boils them down into an explainer that you can read or listen to in just 15 minutes, which includes all the most important takeaways from the book with Blinkist. I can absorb the essence of 15 different books in an afternoon so I can quickly gather insights from all sorts of perspectives, make connections, have those kind of aha moments that don't happen so easily, which is why I feel enriched when I use Blinkist. Blinkist also summarizes episodes of popular podcasts into 15 minute explainers. And with the Blinkist connect feature, my girlfriend and I can share one account, share books, podcasts with each other, talk about them on the go. And don't forget, Blinkist makes the perfect holiday gift. My audience can try Blinkist free for seven days and get 25% off after that. Go to Blinkist.com slash Pacman. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Let's get to the mailbag for the week. You can email info at davidpackman.com if you have something to say. Hopefully, um, it doesn't have to be positive, but maybe at least uh, thought provoking in some way or uh, interesting or I don't know, something. Uh, Dottie wrote into me, and this one came in via Facebook. And Dottie said, You're an idiot. First word is already wrong, as you know, almost a requirement in these emails that you use the wrong your. You're an idiot. You don't talk about our president that way. President Trump is our president. And he said exactly what he should have said. Those people that are in jail are not criminals. They're innocent people that were put there just to show face in the Democratic Party. So don't talk about President Trump. He's exactly right. And he's not confused about anything. You're the one that's confused. Examine your own mind. Open up your mind and realize what you're saying. He's a smart ass and the best president we've ever had. 
one sentence, I guess, no punctuation, complete cult commitment to Donald Trump and MAGA Trumpism. This is someone who will vote Trump in 2024. So if we're thinking about what is the math, what is the what is the constituency that takes Trump down? It probably doesn't include Dottie. And that's okay. That constituency may may still exist. But this is what we're. (laughs) I don't even know where we're going. This is what we're up against. And it's really, really scary. Michael wrote in with a slightly more grammatically correct, but still factually vapid uh, statement called leftist hypocrisy. Michael wrote the six January. I'm sorry. The January six, quote, rioters did not break the law. They were allowed in, even invited by Capitol Police as seen on video. They are innocent, but you don't care because you're a demo rat, wrong your suffering TDS and happy to jail political opponents. Not me. You must have my politics mixed up with someone else's. You never called for Antifa arrested, even though they did millions in damage, way more than the protesters on January 6. Also, people died in the Antifa riots. The only death at the Capitol was Ashley Babbitt killed by rogue cop. Yet you don't want him jailed. Just walk free like nothing. You are a hypocrite and it's clear to anyone who isn't a demo rat. So this is crazy. Uh, But a few important points, I think, to mention I have never said if someone committed a crime, don't prosecute them. I have never said that. I have always said if there were crimes committed during an Antifa demonstration or a Black Lives Matter demonstration, no matter who did it, whether it was a member of Antifa to the extent that there's membership, if it was a part of whoever, if there is evidence that a crime was committed, charge the person. I don't care about the affiliation. I also know that the 700 defendants from the Trump riots are obviously not innocent. And in fact, courts and juries have adjudicated them guilty in already dozens, if not hundreds. I don't know where we are in the process of all those cases. I am not happy to jail political opponents. In fact, I'm against it. I I don't believe in jailing people because we have different politics. I do believe that if you want to make an argument that pretrial detention in this country is a problem, by the way, it's an argument I've been making for a decade. You are the one who has to be consistent because all of these right wingers only now care about pretrial detention for defendants. They never cared about it before. They never cared about it when it was people with whom they disagreed politically. So they are the hypocrites, not me. Uh, Better marketing. Spencer wrote in about the left and better marketing and says, David, do you think the left needs to market and message their policies better? Medicare for all doesn't seem to be driving people to the polls. Remember, more people supported gay marriage once it was called marriage equality and more people supported gun control once it was called ending gun violence. Medicare for all seems like a government program, like a welfare giveaway. Maybe call it guaranteed health care or something similar. Best Spencer. So there's two questions here. The first is about the best name for a health care system where everybody has coverage. I, I quite frankly don't care what you call it. I'm totally open to the idea that Medicare for all may not be the best term. I don't know about guaranteed health care. Who's guaranteeing it? I don't know. But just focus group it. Let's figure out what the right term is. Does the left need to better market and frame a thousand percent? And I've talked about this so many times before. The left loses so much on framing. We've talked about pro-life. We've talked about tax relief. We've talked about, uh, you know, what medical freedom, but used in a completely dishonest way. Uh, yeah, there are so many examples. The left does need help on that. It seems like a worthwhile thing to, uh, to to put some money into, quite frankly. Fritz wrote in and Fritz is happy. Because there's finally a progressive voice on the radio, 
Fritz writes, hello, Mr. Pacman and crew. I grew up and still live in rural Indiana. I currently live in Goshen, Indiana, which is a micro city. I've been to Goshen. Radio is still a major part of rural life in Indiana. It's free and people spend a lot of time in their vehicles. Yes, we have public radio and it's okay, but there's so little testosterone on the public stations in comparison to the bombastic crap on the right that leftists are just sane. really arguments seem weak or unenthusiastic. Please note, I am not saying you are some sort of super macho man for progressive values. Listen, Fritz, I don't think anyone thinks you're saying I'm some kind of macho man. I don't know that that's necessarily a correction that was necessary, Uh, but at least you're willing to be argumentative. And quite frankly, it works in this area. You're willing to engage with them and where they are on the radio in rural Indiana. It will make a difference, or at least it will stir the pot a bit. Thanks again, Fritz. Fritz, thank you. Uh, You know, We do the radio show. Some people may or may not know this. We don't make any money from the syndicated radio show. And I'm not saying this like, oh, I have tears in my eyes, even though I'm a big, strong guy. I'm just saying we've decided, even though we don't monetize radio, like our income comes from the online podcast, YouTube, et cetera. We produce the radio show at our expense. It's a loss. Okay, it's like a Trump business. It's a loss. Um, because we think it's worth being on in a lot of these rural places where there are very few options for non right wing or religious uh, radio. So we're doing it and uh, we're going to continue to do it. Irv wrote in Irv says, David, it always amazes me when right wingers call you a communist insultingly, yet are devotees of Tucker Carlson and the Fox News cabal who idolize the most communist country and its leader, Putin. In fact, so much so that they are featured in virtually all of Putin's propaganda campaigns. Aren't they the communists? They will never accept this analysis ever, ever, ever. They will say uh, it's not about defending communism. It's about the left has a vendetta against Russia for no reason or what. They will squirrel their ways out of it. But it is interesting that many of the people that Trump was most impressed by are from countries that don't exactly have market economies. Russia, North Korea. We've seen it all. Uh, Good luck convincing them. Sam wrote in about the death penalty and says, David, I have to disagree with your views regarding the death penalty. It is definitely true that many people have been convicted incorrectly. Where the evidence is circumstantial, no death penalty is warranted. But when you have mass murder, I assume they mean mass murderers like John Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer and mass school shooters like Nicholas Cruz, where there is no contradictory evidence, there should be executions. These people serve no function and are of no value to society. To the dismay of the victim's families, Nicholas Cruz was just recently sentenced for life. Perhaps if your daughter had been one of his victims, you would have a different point of view. This is so important. Sam is not wrong. If my daughter had been a victim of one of these school shootings, I might have a different point of view, but that would be out of a desire for revenge. And we shouldn't have a justice system based on revenge. So Sam is actually making my point, which is that is not a good justification for the death penalty. The fact that if I was in this situation, I might want revenge by saying kill them. It wouldn't make it any more right. It would just mean I want revenge. So super interesting. And I think Sam not making the strong point that Sam thinks he or she is making. Uh, Rod wrote in about Trump sweating and says, I believe that Trump is sweating because he may be diagnosed with ADHD, which is treated with Ritalin and sweating is a possible side effect. This fits his profile. Well, if it is true that Trump is medicated for ADHD, that medication was not uh, uh, revealed in the medical release about the medications that Donald Trump takes. Now, would it be a big shock if Trump had hidden elements of his health uh, record? No, it wouldn't, 
because he put something out claiming he's 6'3 and weighs 239 pounds. <laughs> and we all know that that's not true. Uh, but uh, uh, as far as the record is concerned, Trump is not on uh, Ritalin and not being treated for ADHD. Write in info at davidpackman.com if you have something to say. Uh, questions are welcome. Comments are welcome. Demands for corrections when they are accurate are welcome as well. We will uh, see you on today's bonus show. We're off Monday in observance of the Christmas holiday. Uh, and we will be back on Tuesday. We'll see everybody then or on the bonus show momentarily.